Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 71. Um, I said a few weeks ago that I really want to start meeting people from different countries, different cultures, and hearing about agriculture all, all around the world. Um, now, one continent we definitely haven't been to is Africa. We have spoke to Flavian from, from Kenya, uh, but he's, he's from Kenya. He definitely farms in the UK. So we haven't actually spoke to someone in Africa. So that's why today is really interesting. Today, um, we have, uh, <laughs> if I say this wrong, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to try my best, okay? Uh, Regis Umugenereza. Nope. <laughs> I've tried so hard. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, so I was, uh, I, I did my best, I did my best, but we'll, we'll stick with Regis for the, re for the rest of the podcast so I don't embarrass myself, but would you like to say hello to the listeners, Regis? Yeah, um, yes, um, my name is Legis Meza. so I'm coming from Rwanda, I'm in Rwanda, Kigali. Before we get on into another excellent episode of the R2Cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry, whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish Farmer's got it for you. Perfect. So, yeah, a country that, um, I'll be honest, uh, throughout my studies, I didn't learn much about. Throughout my master's, uh, I went to, well, I didn't go to, I, uh, I wrote about quite a lot of different countries, um, but Rwanda was not one. But I do have a little thing that I'm going to say here, and you might say I'm wrong, but I am sure Rwanda is known as the land of a thousand hills. Is that right? Yes, it is. <laughs> got something right. I've, I've, I've redeemed myself a little bit. I've redeemed myself. Um, land so, of thousand hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thousand hills, yeah. Very it's, recently, we hosted the Chogam. What was that again? Sorry. Very recently, we hosted the Chogam, the head of yeah. state summit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's right. That's so was. Of course, I forgot that. Of course. Um, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not starting this very well, but <laughs> we're, we're here to hear about you, not not me trying to trying to pretend to know things. Um, we originally got in touch to Katie Burns uh, from the. Uh, well, Scottish Association of Young Farmers, um, which I quite like to talk about because there's obviously been some kind of crossover there with Scottish farmers with yourself, Regis, which we'll, we'll get into later. Um, but what, what I always like to sort of hear from folk is <clears throat> you, you're very much in the agricultural industry at the minute. Was, was that always the case? Were you from a family that was farming? Were, were you always interested in farming? Um, <clears throat> thank you so much. I'm a farmer by professional, uh, but uh, I'm farm also by practice. So I do work in um, farming industry since 2014. But even before that, uh, my, I did my studies uh, in agriculture. So I did agriculture economics and agribusiness. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so since then, from my university graduation, I started uh, working uh, in this sector where I created a company called Cal Group, so which, um, which is a company that does um, sweet potato processing, um, much focus on uh, orange fresh sweet potatoes. There's a reason of, of uh, why sweet potatoes 
we have the longest story of uh, sweet potatoes here in Rwanda, as it was considered as uh, food for uh, for everyone 20 years, uh, 28 years back. So Rwanda was under development. Now we are we are a country which is uh, developing. So we have so many options. Yes. But that time, for sweet potato was considered as um, people were eating at least three times a day. But nowadays, because of having different options, they consider it as a useless club, food for poor, food for people who are living in the rural area. Sometimes they feed the animals the, the, when it's harvesting time because of uh, its productivity. Sometimes you experience the excess of it. It's a climate resilient crop, that's why. So that's why most of the farmers, uh, mostly the rural farmers, they focus much on growing it. So it's, the government take it as a food security crop. Yeah. So when it's not there, most of the time, we experience the hunger in the country. Even though the urban people, they consider it as a food for poor food, for, you know, because of that excess. So I decided to venture into that to make sure that we can create a very addition of it, but also create the market for those farmers who are suffering. Because when you look at the poverty uh, side, those who are growing it, they are most um, vulnerable people. They are most people who are living in the poverty. And the other concern is that we, we in Rwanda, we have a huge uh, percentage of children who are suffering from malnutrition. Right. And you, ca you cannot talk about agriculture and forget about talking about the nutrition. So um, I was trying to match uh, the production, the value addition of what we, we already have here in Rwanda, but trying to transmit the nutritional content of, of, of the, the sweet potatoes we are talking also to those people who are available. So that's why I uh, decided to go into sweet potatoes because we are using orange uh, fresh sweet potatoes, which is uh, a crop that has a huge beta, beta carotene content, mm -hmm. uh, which is a major source of vitamin A. And most of the children who are having that malnutrition here, it's a vitamin A deficiency. So I was trying to see if those people who are living in the rural area doesn't it doesn't like to eat sweet potatoes in a way of uh, they used to eat like a boiled. Uh, I was trying to find another way of eating that vitamins instead of wasting it. <clears throat> so that's why we started uh, creating uh, other products such as fast pastries, uh, breads, uh, and then we can be able even to mix it with the other ingredients so that we can at least have a balanced product brass dietary product. So instead of taking one sweet potatoes and enjoy the, the micronutrient crops uh, as from sweet potatoes, now we can mix it with the other ingredients to make a mixture of micronutrients that can fight from that malnutrition I'm talking about. That's, so that's good. Then, yeah. That you've got you've this sort of thing to sort of help those that that are you said a lot of the the, the farmers growing sweet potatoes are in poverty help in poverty help those there 
and then also create a market for that so that hopefully their product becomes higher in price. So you're really sort of helping the, the full full circle and make, making those sweet potatoes that, as you say, are a potential solution to food security in your country more accessible to everyone. That, that's that's brilliant and a fantastic idea coming from yourself. Was it was it just yourself or was it with others? <clears throat> yeah, um, I started the idea with myself uh, and uh, later I just joined with uh, other three ladies, young ladies, to create a company. But uh, it started back even when I was at university because my dissertation was about sweet potatoes. So I did um, my dissertation on uh, cost and benefit analysis of orange fresh sweet potatoes in Rwanda. That's where I brought the idea after analyzing the whole ecosystem of uh, that value chain. But I grown up in a family um, where we used to be, our family was just a farmer, small scale farmers, just for living. We didn't, uh, I just grew up seeing my mom going into farming and, and but I remember when I told her that I'm going to do agriculture at university, she was so shocked. She wasn't okay. She wanted me to be a doctor or someone else because they were saying that uh, they have been doing farming for so long. And why am I going to be a farmer again as they did? And I was... <laughs> I was saying like, no worries, we see um, how the agriculture can be changed from the way you do it to the way we are, do, we are going to make it uh, as we are graduate from, from that as a professional farmer. So since then, I joined the, the, the agriculture uh, department and then come up with that idea as a person who grown up with uh, having sweet potatoes uh, at least three times a day. So, and when I looked around and how we were having a losses of, of the sweet potatoes, that's why I decided to, to, to do my dissertation, to know exactly why people are considering sweet potatoes as a useless crop nowadays. So that's why I decided to do my dissertation. Even the time I was about to ask my supervisor, on that subject, he was like, where are you going to get the data? Because <laughs> no one really was interested in the sweet potatoes, either in the research department of the university, either in uh, government. There was a time they even banned to grow the sweet potatoes at all. Which because is of, crazy, given the potential it has. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. But they decided to ban it because they wanted people to uh, to grow these cash crops. Okay. And then they they say, you know, we don't want to see people growing sweet potatoes because it was everywhere. So they wanted to change everything from from growing sweet potatoes. But that time I wanted to know why all those ecosystems are taking that value chain as really useless value chain. The more I go into the details, even the supervisor, I told, them, I told him that I'm going to work with those people who are doing farming of it, and then I will get the data from them. So I will use the primary data to know exactly the challenges they are facing, 
and also maybe you never know, we might come up with uh, something to help them. So that's how I decided to do uh, my dissertation on that. And the letter alone, that's where I, I was having so many ideas um, of, of uh, adding value of it. Then the time I was thinking what I can do, that's where I meet with my colleagues uh, and we created that the, the car group together. And then we started doing some uh, small research and trials and so many things until we come up with some uh, products that is very competitive on the market. So a couple of questions about Carl Group. First off, what does Carl Group stand for? Um, <laughs> is, it, is it standing for something or is it just the word Carl? Yeah, um, we, we didn't know that Carl means uh, it's, it's, a, it's a boy's name. Yes, yeah, and, and funnily enough, Fred, uh, just to drop you quickly, Carl is yeah. a word that Scottish people cannot get their tongue around to say. <laughs> we find it so hard to say. Yeah, it's, it's like a common thing. Carl and burglar are words that we really struggle to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different from what from that. Uh, Carl means um, our, our first letter of us, the shareholders. So it's Clarice, Clarice, C, Ada, Regis, and Larissa. So that's right. the full, <laughs> it's abbreviation of the, our first names. Oh, so yeah. Clarice, Ada, Regis, and Larissa. <laughs> and were, did you meet most of these guys at university or? Yes, um, I met one of them at high school. So we're a friend at high school. And then later after, uh, when I was about to do my graduation, that's where uh, we were just discussing on phone, what am I going to do after my graduation? And, and I was like, I think I want to be a businessman, but I didn't really have an idea of what am I going to do. <laughs> and the time we discussed that, she was like, oh, can we, we can't even do something. I know you since uh, at high school, you, you were someone who has always ideas and so many things. I think you can do it. So that's how we say, okay, let's let's just try and let's open a company. I have an idea, but I don't know where to start with it. So we said, okay, and then he, she, she brought the other two ladies. They was a roommate of her. Then we created the company. And then, uh, yeah, we started from that. Uh, just, I remember we were um, having zero coin in our pockets. Yeah. Because here in Rwanda, uh, registering a company doesn't uh, require any amount of money. Right. You, that's your, the name you want to name of your company and your partners if you have. And then we went there with afraid, of course, we're afraid of maybe they are going to ask us some money. But we went there, we sit together, they give us a form, we, we fill the form. After six months, uh, six hours, they called us, please come and pick your certificate. And now you are registered. That's how right. we, we started. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you, you, said, you, didn't, you said you didn't have an actual, uh, you didn't have an actual idea at the time, uh, which, which yeah. the Carl Group is a perfect name for because you've, You've signed yourself up to nothing. You haven't called yourself the 
sweet potato processors, you know, <laughs> you can the world is your oyster. Um, and and tell us, tell us, uh, Regis, wh where is the Carl Group now? What 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 are you guys doing now? Where are we? <clears throat> yeah, from now since then we have been struggling, of course, to get the product. That was the main challenge, like to have um, a product which can be complete on the market. <clears throat> and then within uh, after almost uh, three years, struggling, trying so many things trying to find some funds. Of course, uh, to access financing here yeah, is not easy as young people because of uh, our financial structures here. Uh, they ask a lot of collaterals and most of us, they don't have those kind of things. So we struggled until in 2018. That's where we we started looking, our, looking at ourselves as, because. Uh, we did, all of us, we did uh, theoretical things like agriculture. We didn't know how to make things. Mm -hmm. For example, um, let's say we wanted to try uh, bread, but we didn't know how to make a bread. Mm -hmm. So the first things uh, after struggling and, and, and trying some trials, making trials, we realized that we need to go somewhere to learn how to make bread so me and my colleague we went uh, myself i went um, in china for two months just to learn uh, <clears throat> how to make a bread but also with the uh, inclusion of biotechnology um, application for the industry so then i combined that and i come back here to try again my bread so that's where uh, uh, me and my colleagues, we decided to work with uh, people from Netherlands mm -hmm. uh, who has expertise in bread making. Uh, they, they do have a, uh, an organization that provides free um, consultants. So we applied for that. They came here, we shared the knowledge. They, they have that experience of making bread, not from sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. but from wheat. So then we extend the ideas until we make the right bread that can compete on the market. So for now, we are selling our bread in the whole city of Kigali. We are working with more than 45 supermarkets across the, the town. We are working with the schools. We are working with hospitals. We are working with the different people now, including um, WFP uh, World Food Program. And, um, National Child Development Agency because we are targeting those young people, those children who are suffering from malnutrition. And we are working with the government officials in product uh, and in technical assistance, really partnering with them to make sure that once we need to develop even other products, we can now have at least someone who can help us to do uh, science uh, based uh, prototype. And now we are developing a very nutritious biscuit that will be uh, sold to those kids who are suffering a lot, in, not only in Rwanda, but in the whole Africa, that's our wish. Uh, where we'll be uh, making that biscuit made from sweet potatoes. We want to extract that vitamin A and also beans, iron beans. I don't know if you know this, uh, the red beans. What was the name, sorry? Beans, 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 iron beans. 
Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yes, hadn't quite yeah. caught the first word yet. Yes, we are we are mixing them. The sweet potatoes and beans, and there's some wheat, so and also eggs for the proteins. So we want to make sure that we can uh, do our best to create the solutions of the one of the issues that the country has, including that malnutrition issue. Now we have uh, 33%, it's a huge number. So we want to try our best at least to contribute to <clears throat> available hmm. and accessibility, as well as affordability of nutritious food locally. But to make it happen, you have to use local sourced ingredients without importing, <clears throat> sorry, without importing ingredients. Uh, want to make it just here by using what our farmers are making here. So apart from that, we are working with, uh, now it's around 20,000 farmers across the country of sweet potatoes. Now we're, we, we, sh we, we, we already changed their mindset, shifting from doing it as subsistence, subsistence farming yeah. to commercial farming. So from that time, uh, we experienced with uh, some wastage when they were bringing to our space. So now we, we, we created the solution of um, creating uh, a chamber, a cooling chamber, which is a zero energy cooling chamber. So it's a kind of a chamber with a, that's made with the bricks, bricks from the clay. Mm. And then we breathe it in a way we can add charcoal inside. And then that charcoal, you can just uh, drop some water in the charcoal and then it creates humidity without, um, without uh, sourcing energy from anywhere. So it's a zero energy cooling chamber where we can have uh, the minimum uh, temperature is eight degrees right. in the room. So we put it a nice city tool, a sensors that shows uh, showing us the, the, the variation of the temperature in the room so that once it's hot, then we need to add some water or we can just uh, maybe make um, uh, or open up the, uh, the AC. In yes, the yes. Yes, but uh, that sensor shows us the, the, the variation of uh, the humidity, the temperature, the changes that have that could happen, and you can store sweet potatoes um, uh, from six months up to one year. Can you? Normally, right? yeah. one year. Yeah, normally sweet potato is uh, it's a perishable food, so it's it's, it's you can it can be damaged within a few days, but that solution help us to. Uh, to store it uh, in the wrong time. And then we can do very additionally easily. We cannot uh, have uh, maybe a shortage of uh, raw materials or a shortage of ingredients. That, so that's phenomenal that, though, to take yeah. a product that, that's, that's maybe got a week's life, maybe a couple of weeks' life to a year. Like that, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. I mean, amazing and fair play to your team for, for doing that. Um, we're talking about temperature here. I'm going to guess Rwanda is slightly hotter than Scotland. Um, <laughs> would be my assumption. Uh, what, what sort of climate do you deal with throughout the year in Rwanda, Regis? 
Um, in Rwanda, we have a very good environment and weather because we, we, we can do farming uh, the whole year, mm -hmm. even though in the dry season that started from June, we do irrigations. But the maximum temperature in Rwanda when it's hot is 32 degrees. That's the maximum. 32 degrees Celsius. Oh, right. Okay, I thought it was going to be a bit higher than that, in fairness. Uh, That's the highest. Right. So then the minimum, depending on the, the region, the minimum is uh, it's happened mostly in the north, it's 14. Right. So you've got, you've got quite a close range you know like i mean like for example just just this year in scotland uh, sorry well let's say uk i know the uk hit 41 somewhere and yeah you know in the winter we'll definitely see below zero so it's <laughs> this massive variation um i have so that, been there i have been there i know i know <laughs> i remember i came in scotland in i think it was uh 2019 20, yeah. 2019 i think and and uh, I think I came in during this month, November. It was a bit so cold, <laughs> you know. But here, in being cold, being hot is very big, big deal. So that's weather help us to grow and to to do farming at least three seasons a year. So we have a three season. We have. Uh, um, You've sort of disappeared, Reg, just wait a second. Okay. Sorry, could you just say about the seasons again there, Reg? You just, you you fell out for a second. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was saying that um, we, we have three seasons a, yep. a, a year. And uh, the first season starts from September. September to December. Yes. And ends almost in, in, in the beginning of January. And then from January, from February to uh, May, we have season B. And yeah. then from May to September, we have season C. Do you, do the, do the seasons have names or are they just ABC? Uh, Formerly, or um, in the document, we use those season A, B, C. Okay. That's A, B, C. And then we add uh, according to the year, of course. Uh, let's say now we are in the season A of 2022 to 2023. So that's we, we add that's, that, that's a year. Right. But in Kinyarwanda, there's a Kinyarwanda names of that. But in the, in the documents, in the policies, we use season A, B, C. What what out of interest are the Rwandan names? I quite like to hear. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> uh, I think let, we, we can just skip that skip because okay. uh, <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely right. <laughs> because of, you know, um, these young generations, we are in the world of uh, leading and using professional words. Sometimes we forget the, the traditional things. 
Yeah, for sure. So to not be wrong, to not be wrong, let's just Skype it. <laughs> Take it oh, as yeah. season A, B, C. We'll go with that. It's, it's easier to remember anyway. It's easier to remember. Um, yeah. You, you know, you mentioned younger generation, and I've been on your LinkedIn. I've sort of looked at, at what you've done. What age are you? Uh, I'm now too old. I have I'm three years. So I'm becoming old. <laughs> what, what age did you say you were? Are you not going to say your age? You don't have to. Uh, yeah, 33. 33, 33. Yeah. Well, it's amazing yeah. what you fitted into that time. It's mad, the amount of things you fitted in. I mean, for those of you listening, guys, if you're listening to Spotify or YouTube, uh, wherever you are, um, we're only, I don't know, maybe about half an hour in, and we're only really halfway in Regis's story. There is a fantastic amount of stuff in here, so uh, it's 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 quite crazy what you fitted in. You mentioned you've been to Scotland. Um, could you tell us about that? What did that involve? Yeah, um, 2016 in Rwanda, uh, government decided to launch uh, a national platform for young uh, people and agribusiness. So we created the forum uh, that's called the Rwanda Youth in Agribusiness Forum. And I was uh, one of the board of that, uh, of that uh, forum, heading uh, agro-processing cluster. We used to have five clusters um, based on the value chains. We, <clears throat> we have uh, 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 Crop production cluster, livestock cluster, ICT and agriculture, and the other services. And also, so I was leading uh, <coughs> agro-processing cluster there. Yeah. And from that time, I remember there was a trip from uh, young Scottish, um, young, young association of young farmers yeah, it's a Scottish Association of Young Farmers. Yes, Young Farmers Club. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time they came here as tourists, if I remember well, there was um, one of the, I think he's now advisor to the, the, for the, the club, Sandy. Okay. So, yes, he came here with uh, James Mount Melu, I think. Right. something like that and then with his colleague who uh, who were just taking um, them around they were so interested to know about farming practices in Rwanda and uh, they called the, the guy who was in Rwanda he was a Rwandan and then he called me if I can just take them around so at the time we met I was so happy to meet with them. Damn, because the first time we met was just in the, in the bar taking something to drink, just for connection. Yeah. And then the more we discussed about farming things in Rwanda, they shared with me that how also they do uh, in Scotland. They told me about uh, the club. I told them about the, the RIAF, the Rwanda Economic Business Forum. And I was like, actually, the similar things. And they, you know, they told me that they have, now they're about to have um, celebrate anniversary of seven something years. And for us, we're just starting, just having two to three years. And I was like, 
oh my God, we need really to learn from you guys how you were managed to learn an organization in 75 years. And still, it's the same name, Young Farmers. And for Absolutely. us here, even if it's, it's Rwanda Youth in Agribusiness, it's a similar name. Yes. So I was like, we need to, we, we, we can learn a lot from you guys. And we started exchanging. And uh, just one year after, they came back with the team. And then I took them around. I showed, even they came to my factory that time. They came Excellent. to my bakery. They tried to do some uh, bands, some Scottish bands, some so many, you know. And I took them in the, in the rural area to see the other farming practices in Rwanda. We signed an MOU with the, our forum. Yep. With the Young Scott. Uh, yeah. And then after one year, we also went back to, we came to Scotland. So then we visited the farms, visited uh, post harvest warehouses where they store uh, things. I, actually, that's where I even got an idea of, uh, of uh, making that storage facility okay. I made. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the ones I, I visited were so big, is what was the electric one using, uh, uh, I think, I think there's a, maybe, I don't know how I can call it, but it's a big warehouses with the big uh, ventilators, ventilators. Uh, to make the cords uh, in the warehouse. Okay. Uh, they were, they were storing the, the, the potatoes. So we visited them. Then I was, the time I came back here, I was trying to see if I can make it uh, yeah. the traditional way without investing much money. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's how we came in Scotland to visit the farmers. I visited um, so many places in Scotland. With my team, we came as uh, we were four in the team. Right. And we visited some bakeries as well. You know, I learned a lot from the Scotland uh, culture, food, everything. And I it, wish even to come back to learn even more. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Well, here, if you come back, we have to, we have to, uh, uh, we, well, we have to meet up, but also I would love to come out and see what's happening in Rwanda as well, because it sounds amazing. Yeah, please, please come. Have fun. Well, yeah, I'll take you up on that sometime. Um, the, it's interesting you say that they were so good at running a club, they were so good at this, they were so good at that. But you've taken a system that probably cost millions of pounds, like British pounds, uh, not talking, is it Rwandan franc? Is that right? No. Yes, Rwandan yeah, franc, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, right. uh, all this money sort of input, but you've taken that sort of theory and turned it into a, 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 a reality in Rwanda for sweet potatoes and, and, and at not much cost. You've not said the cost, but from what you're saying, I can tell it's yeah. less. Yeah. Which is, Arguably more impressive, <laughs> you know, like that's 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 a skill in itself. Um, yeah. 
we've we've sort of talked about farm in Rwanda, but we've really focused on the sweet potato, understandably, because it's it's your side of things, um, Regis. But what what other farming is happening in Rwanda? Because I'm, I'm there's a number in my head flying around, and I'll say it. I might be miles off, but I'm sure that about seventy percent, about seventy two three percent of people in Rwanda are farming now. What was that? Sorry. 70 percent of uh, Rwandese are relying on farming, on right. agriculture. Farming, okay, right. So yeah. that's my broad scene. Um, whereas here, here in here in the in the UK, we've got about half a million working in agriculture, and we've got seventy million folk. So you know, it's it's less than less than a percent. Um, yeah. now there's there's going to be other sort of uh, related sectors, maybe taking you up to two or three million. But this is such a massive industry in Rwanda. It's so dependent on this. Um, yeah. So, what, what other what other crops, what other um, what other livestock are, are being reared? Um, actually, I forget to mention doing um, or having caribou. I'm also uh, a chairperson of the agriculture and livestock uh, in the city of Kigali. Got it written there. Just going to ask you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm, um, which means I'm leading all the farmers uh, in the city of Kigali, those who are doing farming, either in livestock, either in, 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 in uh, crop production. So I'm leading them um, in an organization called Private Sector Federation. <clears throat> so Private Sector Federation is an umbrella of all business operators in the country. So then we have different clusters. Um, including agriculture cluster, uh, industry services, and uh, specialized cluster that combine the youth and women, uh, business operators. So then uh, its organization start, structure started from national uh, uh, board up to village level. So me, I'm leading uh, the, the farmers in the city of Uganda. So then I have to know all those things you are asking about the policies, the clubs, the environment, the ecosystem, all. I have to make sure that I'm, 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 I'm informed on all those things because my responsibility is to do advocacy for those farmers. Mm -hmm. So then you cannot do advocacy without knowing the ecosystem you are working in which means we are working closely with the Minister of Agriculture and Animal Resources here. We are working with the development partners who are, in the, in, 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 uh, who are working with the farmers and so many other stakeholders such as local government. So from the policy perspective of uh, the question you asked, government of Rwanda has um, agriculture policy, of course. And then within the agriculture policy, uh, they set a priority clause to focus on within the strategy of certain because under the policies there is a strategies um, <clears throat> different strategies um, based on different sectors because in agriculture we have uh, we are talking about crop production but also there is a livestock production so many things so, so then they have to set um, different strategies according uh, to the value chains. So they set uh, a priority clause within the program called the Crop Intensification Program. 
So where uh, there's the seven crops okay. in, in that in that strategy, which includes uh, but not limited to uh, maize, um, Irish potatoes, uh, beans, uh, uh, soja. You know soja. Soja or soya. So, so oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, soybean type thing. Yeah. Yes, soybean. Yes, soybean. Yeah, yeah. Yes, soybean. You are right, soybean. And um, cassava. Yeah, of course. Uh, what else? There are seven priority crops. So then, under that program called Seeds uh, Crop Classification Program. And, and lice, I, I talked about lice. Well, no, but feel, feel free yes. to. Yeah. Lice is part of it, lice is part of it. So I think they were looking at uh, them in, in two, two things. They were looking at food security. When they decided to group those priority crops, they were looking at food security, but also they were looking at uh, sustainable market for, the, for those crops. So that it can help the farmers to get uh, out from the poverty line. So <clears throat> then that's where, after having that policies, that's where they started burning uh, sweet potatoes, actually. <laughs> Even though I'm talking about that. <laughs> because they wanted people to shift from growing sweet potatoes everywhere and then start growing maize and lice and those dirty clothes. <laughs> I quit a shift always working away from what you've been working on. But, um. Yeah, yeah. Then from that perspective of uh, having that program of uh, intensification program, they started uh, other program which is uh, called the land consolidating programs. Because okay. people were doing farming at small scale levels and everyone having a small plot, a small farm and so they started uh, trying to make people together, either in cooperatives, either in groups, either in companies, but to just consolidate their land so that they can crop, uh, they can grow one crop at the big land. Okay. So that's one one of the initiatives that and uh, in the program that really worked well, because when you look at the total area of uh, um, lice, for example, it's really big, and also the maize. Maize is a seasonal crop, mm -hmm. um, but it's one of the main crops that mostly when you are starting up the, the season A, we focus on much. We make sure that uh, people are growing maize at a large scale of land. Uh, and apart from that, I'm, I'm just talking about the policies. They set also um, a future. Uh, vision of the farming of Rwanda. We, you were talking about, for example, that big number of the farmers. And the country um, took it as a problem. Having 70% of people who are dying on agriculture is a big challenge. It's a challenge because those 70%, it doesn't mean that they are rich because of having those farms. They are very, very poor. Yeah, for sure. Because they are doing it in a subsistence way. That's the way of living. 
and the government wants to change the agriculture sector into commercial uh, business. So to make it happen, they set a goals of uh, reducing that numbers to becoming from um, 70% to maybe 40 something. Even if we can be able to wave and law uh, below that, it be, could be a good uh, goals. But mm -hmm. of course, it requires a lot of things yeah? to put people together. And then now, for, for example, what am I doing here in, in the city of Kigali? We are having wetlands. And when you look at the wetlands in the city of Kigali, <clears throat> within the wetland, we have small scale farmers who have a small plot in the wetlands. And now we are going to do, um, we are looking for the big farmers, the commercial farmers who can come and take over the whole wetland and grow one crop and give uh, and create employment opportunities to those small scale farmers who are there. So which means a farmer will be one, one person, but employing maybe hundreds of okay. small scale yeah. farmers. So that's the way we, we are trying to do and, and, uh, and the future of agriculture in Rwanda is trying to minimize, to reduce that people are relying on agriculture and create, um, uh, we used to call it non-farm jobs so that we can be able to make our agriculture more modernized and also more uh, commercial. So from that, they created so many different projects that work with the farmers, uh, including the mechanization policies, uh, irrigation policies, uh, creating um, big hubs of, of farming. Uh, some are private, but other, others are um, government. Uh, the government also created some incentives for those who want to make it more commercial, um, including maybe uh, reducing some taxes of, or, on some equipment imported. For example, if you, you want to import um, uh, equipment in mechanization or in education, you, there's tax exemption of, on that. Okay. Um, yeah, when you are going into value additions, so there's some tax exemption in the equipment you are importing. So, you know, they created so many incentives so that we can see more investors, big people who can invest in agriculture. And then once we, the big people, they, they invested, then we create employment opportunities to those small scale farmers. And then we have sustainable uh, farming uh, practices in Rwanda. So that's the whole ecosystem. There are so many things that is happening here in Rwanda. Uh, but the main is to modernize our culture, reducing that number of people relying on agriculture, and then make it uh, as a, a business. You know that can really make people from the poverty line to to the rich line. It's it's a it's a very forward thinking sort of just process in general, and it's good to see that in you know a place. That is that is poverty stricken, as you've said, Regis. That we're, you're working on a way, amongst others, to hopefully come out of that, um, which is is lovely to see. Um, I think you've frozen, but I can't tell. Oh, you haven't frozen. You're fine. Um, uh, yeah, and and one thing that you know when 
unfortunately, when 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 I hear Rwanda, hear about Rwanda, the first thing I think of is a really nice flag. <laughs> I love the Rwandan flag. Um, but something that hit Rwanda within your lifetime was was an absolute atrocity, you know, in, in the mid-90s. And, and to look at, we don't need to get into that too much today, but to look at where, where I mean, that would have been your lifetime. You'd have been around sort of seven or eight, I assume. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And to see where you are only at 33, chairing the Agricultural Board for the country, um, creating an extremely positive product that allows vitamin A to get into the, the mouth of the masses. I mean, vitamin A is one that in, in India, they tried to create this golden rice. They gene edited this product to try and get more beta carotene in it. And you've got this product, sweet potato, that is growing all around the country and you're integrating that into, into people's diets. And I think that's brilliant and, and really insightful. And, and you, you've said a few times throughout the way that other countries maybe more developed, which is a word I absolutely hate, but we'll say it anyway, um, more developed countries are doing well at. And then you look at what you've worked with and what you've created, and I think it's inspiring. So um, you, you should be very proud of where you are. How- Thank you, thank you. No, not Go at ahead. all. Say it, say it purely and purely from truth and from the heart. I'm not just saying that either. Um, how did you come about to be the chair of of agriculture? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, from the experience, I used to have it in car group. Yep, and then you know. I told you about the launch of uh, Rwanda Youth and Agribusiness Forum. So I have been doing some focus on how uh, Rwanda can support young people who want to join the family. Because we're very small that time, with, with um, just a few people who, uh, a few young people went to join agriculture that time, the time I started my business. So, and I was so passionate about agribusiness. I was very passionate and they wanted to see more young people uh, get involved in the business, in every business. Because uh, I was thinking that young people, those who have skills, instead of graduating and looking for jobs in either in the ministries of being agronomist, I was thinking, how can we start being farmers, not just being employed by farming farmers? I just wanted people to be farmers. That's where I was seeing our future, at least to have those professional farmers and commercial farmers, those young people. When you look at our, our population, almost 60% 60, 60 of the total population are young people in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the average, uh, Average years of, of, of farmers is 55 years old. Right, okay. Which, mean, which means we get feeded by 30% or 40%. Because normally we used to say that 60% uh, is people from 24 um, up to 35 years old. It's a 70% of the population. So then 
the average um, years of the farmers are 55 years. So can you imagine then what will happen in the future when we are not having those old people in the family? So we suffer from hunger, we suffer from so many things. So then I did a lot of, you know, mobilization talking about how can we support young people to get or to get involved in a family. That's how the government, we, me and my colleagues, we pushed the government up till they created that forum, uh, Rwanda Youth and Business Forum. And the purpose was of that forum was two things. One was to change the mindset of young people to show them that they can get great things in the family. <clears throat> By using those who are already in the business of family to change the mindset of those who are not yet going into family. So the second one was to help to support those who are already in the business of family to grow, to make a big impact. So that was the two main goals of the forum when, when was it, it, uh, since its, its, its establishment. So I contributed a lot in those two things. So then I, the time I was pushing and advocating and they realized that I actually can even do more. That's where um, I get involved in the private sector federation and I erected I was elected as uh, vice president of the Chamber of Young Entrepreneurs <coughs> at, at the private sector in 2017, 2018. So after now, I'm moving from leading young farmers into to leading young business operators mm -hmm. in the all sectors. So I did my best there. And then in 20, this year actually, that's where they say, they came to me asking me then if I can take a lead to agriculture leading uh, in the city of Kigali. So all comes from that experience of what I did before. And then they say, please, we want you to be on board. We want to change, um, we want you to change the how agriculture is taken in the city of Kigali because in the city of Kigali, they used to be, um, you know, it, it's an urban area. So people are saying that maybe we don't even know that, that there's farming practices in, in the city of Kigali or farming activities in the city of Kigali. While it is there, Kigali is one of the biggest markets of all the crops we are we are doing. And, and, and the agriculture is a whole variety. It's not just single lines, the chain, including the market, the transport, the practice, the variation, all of that. So then they say, we need a young people to, who can help us to change the farming activities in the city of Kigali. So that's how I get elected to be uh, a chairperson of the agriculture and livestock in the city of Kigali. And now I'm so excited, of course, I'm doing so many things, I'm advocating, we want to change um, to make urban farming, not just, you know, we are in the city, we want to see something attractive, but also making money from it, but also uh, making food to be available in the city because of 
the more we are, we are getting something from in the rural area, the transport costs also add some some cost on the mm -hmm. price and the end price. But if we can do it here in Kigali, the price will be low. So we are trying to do our best, but using uh, young people's energy, uh, we are thinking about introducing some uh, ICT in agriculture. We can do um, uh, we can do cropping in a small scale farm and make a huge productivity by, of course, including that technology I'm talking about. And that's why we always need to learn more about the urban farming, the advanced technology in agriculture. But my contribution is to bring that young people's energy into the sector, but also changing the mindset of the old people to coming from subsistence farming to modern farming. Well, so that's I mean, what I can talk about. Joy, excellent. I don't think they could have found anyone more passionate, anyone more knowledgeable, and anyone more forward-thinking. So um, they've, they've appointed a good man, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, dear, so, Regis, when, when Katie first mentioned uh, your name, I was like, this is interesting. This sounds great fun. <laughs> um and I was I was really looking forward to it. And I've told so many folks that I'm interviewing someone that works in Rwanda. I'm so excited about this. I've been telling everyone. Um, and it, it has not disappointed. I'm sure the viewers have absolutely loved your story. Your your sort of passion yeah. and just <laughs> your your just general positive emotion shines through. It's brilliant to see. <laughs> um, but I finish every podcast with two questions. And uh, mm -hmm. I think you're going to be absolutely brilliant for one of these questions. But the first question is, where do you see yourself in five years? And the second question, which is what I think you'll be brilliant to answer, is if you had tips for people coming into farming, now speak particularly in Rwanda, uh, what would they be? Yeah, um, okay. So in five years, I'm in the food sector. And... Yeah. Uh, the whole chain of the business, of course. But my wish is to be, uh, to have uh, a leading company uh, in Rwanda that produces nutritious food. Mm -hmm. And from that point, um, I always need to learn so many things. And now looking at um, how I can do my master's in food science, because I do get different challenges when we are prototyping things or when we are trying to um, to make a new product. We suffer a lot because of not having that science behind the prototyping. But apart from that, when you look at how government is trying to put energy in, in, in primary production, which means we have, uh, we might have maybe such uh, a, uh, a huge produce which we not have in the market. So that's why we need to really focus much on very addition of, of things we are producing here. And to make it happen, it's producing foods, very added foods. And you can't produce even, when you look at our, the way we do here, things here, we are still using arts instead of science. So me, I want to, use science in making foods, not arts. Arts is about mixing things. You come up with the idea, you make things, you get things. But science, it goes beyond that. 
Yeah. So I won't focus much on that and we'll make sure that our company is um, using and making uh, nutritious products, uh, but basing on science. Mm -hmm. So because we, we, are, we are looking at uh, not just the local market of Rwanda, but looking at uh, Africa land at large. We have now um, Africa free trade area. We can be able to sell our products in, in the regions, in the Africa continent. So to make our products more competitive, that's where we need that competitive uh, product and the science comes. So I'm trying to see if I can do a food science course as a master's that will help me to make that prototype. So in five years, we want to see our company uh, exporting our products in, in the African continent, but also making sure that we, we contributed at least to um, the reduction of malnutrition in Rwanda. That's the company here. And myself as, as a Regis, I always love to serve. Okay. So I always love to help other fellows who has uh, maybe less information uh, than me. So yeah, why not if I cannot even lead the agriculture and livestock at national level? So that's my wish, that's to contribute to the policy making uh, to share my ideas on how, what, how we can do and help those who are in need and that the focus for many people as possible. So that's really the five years. Big goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then from the second question, uh, the people want to join family, they, specifically in Africa, not even only in Rwanda. You know, farming or doing agriculture, <clears throat> when you look at the African continent and in, in the African past uh, con uh, concept, people think agriculture as a vulnerable sector mm -hmm. or as a charity sector. They, they, it seems like we do farming just because we want to support something. I don't know. So, but if you want to go into farming, first of all, think it's a business. Mm -hmm. Not just thinking it's a valuable thing or something that you are going to do because you want to have a fun or you want to do because it's a big job. Sometimes because of these heritage things, people think they can do other side business and then having agriculture as uh, you know funny things. No, no, no. Let's do it as a business. So if we decide to do it as a business, then we will do we will invest much money. We will do uh, farming as a project business, as another business. You have to make a business plan. You have to look for fund from banks. You have to pay bank to pay back the, the, the bank. So we have to look at farming as a real business that can generate a huge income. So the second thing is that to be a good farm, a good farmer, you have also to have that heart of, of being persistent. And you have to be patient sometimes because something happened in the farming. We, we didn't talk about the climate change. We didn't know. We didn't. <laughs> Anything can happen. 
anything can happen in, in agriculture. So the weather, the, 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 the pandemics, we might have so many things can happen due to the climate change. And especially when it comes to Africa, where we are suffering a lot from um, um, climate um, actions or climate change problems. We are seeing fruits in different countries of Africa. It might come and take all your produce. So in that case, you have to be persistent. You have to be, uh, you know, having, uh, I used to say that normally doing business is two things. Either you do business coming from your stomach or coming from your heart. Mm -hmm. If you are doing business from stomach, that's where you need the shortcuts. You can even do wrong things just to get feeded to your stomach. But if you are doing business coming from your heart, that's where you do things because you are helping someone or because you are doing something in, in, in the will of others. So then you need that heart of, you know. I like that a lot. Being yeah, <laughs> thank you. So then uh, the third thing is uh, agribusiness is a profitable business. So you need to be passionate about it. So once you are passionate about it, you can do, you can have a fund, the farm, you can have money, you can be rich, you can be everything from just the farm. So just we need that passion. And, and I've said it before, passion is a word I've used to describe yourself already, Regis, but it, it, it has been, I mean, it's been a, an episode around an hour long. I've really enjoyed talking to you and it, it's, it's so, what's the word? I think the word is inspiring to see, you know, you're taking on so many challenges and you're turning at them, you're turning them into opportunities and you're already finding solutions to so many of them. And it, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. I've been, a, I'm, I'm so impressed by everything you've done for agriculture and agriculture um, and just for society in general in Rwanda. Um, I think it's fantastic. So you, as I've said once already before, you should, really should be proud of, of what you've done. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Uh, I did. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's always good to hear about different cultures. I love hearing about different places and how it works there and, and that sort of thing. And, and what an interesting country it is and, and what an interesting character you are as well. Great, It's been great fun yeah, speaking yeah. to you. Um, for those of you listening, whether it is YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, I hope you've enjoyed. I'm sure you have. Uh, last week was our first, well, not last week. Uh, the last podcast was our first ever group podcast where we had Countryside Learning on, which is a, 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 well, it's a charity and a business run by my uncle, um, which uh, looks at sort of getting rural education into schools. So it was, it was a good chat, as has this been. Where are we going next week? The answer is, I don't know, because I'm currently filming a few podcasts. Um, we've got the Christmas special ready, which will be out in, I'm trying to think when this will be out. This this episode, Regis, will be out around the start of December. So uh, we're, we're about a month ahead. Um, so Christmas episode will be out in a few weeks, which is, is a very good one, let me tell you. Uh, so yeah, thank you for listening. Regis, I hope you've had a good time. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and, and, and uh, the last word from me is that uh, Rwanda is open. Rwanda is open for everyone. Please come. We need those uh, knowledge from your side. 
your experience, you need to extend the knowledge. So Rwanda mm -hmm. is open, you can get visa once at your level here at the airport. And uh, we have very good coffee, we have very good tea. You can enjoy it at the fullest. I'm gonna so please I'm gonna, visit Rwanda. Well, first off, absolutely. That is definitely on the bucket list now. And I'm gonna annoy you and say I don't drink tea and I don't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> You can enjoy milk, you can enjoy other things, you can even enjoy sweet potato bread. Excellent, <laughs> I, and I have to try this, I have to try this bread, yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, Regis, I tell you what, you've had you've had the young farmers out to Rwanda. I will mm -hmm. try and bring some of my students to Rwanda. How's that sound? Please, 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 I will take care of them. Excellent. That, that, I mean, it's not going to something that's going to happen overnight, but I think that sounds like a fantastic It's plan. okay, no worries. I'm, I'm still yeah. there. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you very much. To those of you listening, we'll see you next week. And uh, yes, have a good week. Well, that's it. Another R2 cast finished. Another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time. Uh, and it always has done but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required and I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.